difference. Amen. And this is something that I ran from for a long time because I didn't want to be no preacher. Amen. My daddy was a pastor like Pastor Nate's daddy is a pastor. And we know what it's like, how y'all church folk treat preachers. Amen. <laughs> so, amen. When he called and asked me what I preached, I was honored, amen, to be able to just stand before you on today in this capacity. Amen. And just share a word with you. And in this Thanksgiving season, I want to simply use a title today. Thank God it didn't kill me. Because, you know, we done been through some things in our lives. Amen. And I know I ain't the only one, Pastor. Amen. I have gone through some things that should have killed us, should have taken us out of here. But by the grace of God, we're still here. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come right now, God, just to say thank you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people. And we ask right now that you touch the hearts, the ears, and the minds of everybody that will hear this word on today, God, that they'll be blessed by it, that something will be said that will change a life. Something will be said, God, that will draw somebody closer to you. Father, we thank you for everything that you've allowed us to go through. But most of all, we thank you, God, that it didn't kill us because we know how to rely and depend on you. And so, God, if this word is for somebody today, let it pierce their heart. Don't let them rest, oh God, until they know that they have made the decision to have a personal relationship with you. All these blessings I pray and I ask in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Faith Bible, for allowing me to be here this morning and have this opportunity to just share very briefly with you. And the scripture is coming from Acts, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 6. And it reads, now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. Verse 2 says, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on to his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. Verse 5 says, but he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Verse 6, the last verse that I'll read. However, they, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time, my God, and they saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God, little g, my God. They changed their minds because they thought he was a little God. And that's where I got this, this title from this morning. It should have killed me, but thank God, it didn't kill me. Now, how many of us this morning can look back over our lives and realize that it has only been by the grace of God that we've lived this long? Through the car wrecks, drugs, violence, sickness, and so many other circumstances that have taken place in our lives and we have a, that we are acquainted with, but some of y'all are here right now. You know that if it wasn't for the grace of God that you would have died in that car wreck. You would have been the one spending your life behind prison walls, my God. Or you would have been the one who died of a drug overdose. I'm talking about myself now. When we began this message with Paul advising them not to sell. 
Acts 27 and 10 says, Men are perceived that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. The first thing Paul tells them, not to sail. And how many of y'all know this morning that we, have, we don't always listen to wise counsel? Uh, we we could have been, uh, or we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief and a lot of pain if we'd have just listened to the ones who were trying to instruct us. But Acts 27 and 11 says, but they didn't listen. And they sailed directly into the storm of their life. Acts 27, 18 and 19, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. I share with them, I don't want to give them all those verses they have to read, but I'm, I read the whole thing. You can go home and read it for yourself and see that what I'm saying straight out the Bible. But they lightened the ship by throwing stuff off the ship. And there's nothing like a bad storm for you to help uh, realign your priorities. You'll find out real quick what you need and what's unnecessary and what's excess baggage when you get in the middle of a storm. My God, the ship was destroyed, but they made it to land. They made it on boards and they made it on broken pieces of the ship. And there was a song that I recorded a few years ago with a group called the Jenny Burton Experience called, I'm going to make it if I have to make it on broken pieces. I know somebody in here that made it on some broken pieces today. My God, I'm going to make it. I might be broken, but I'm still going to make it. Somebody might be saying I might be wounded, but I'm still going to make it. I might be crying, but I'm still going to make it. Confused and rejected, but I'm still going to make it. Somebody is saying this morning, I know that I'm not everything that I should be. And I, I still struggle with some habits and some hang-ups. I still wrestle with some anger and some forgiveness issues. Every now and then I still slip and say something that I shouldn't say. And I know that I'm not where I should be, but I know that I'm moving in the right direction. Why? Because I'm on the path following my God. I, I might be splashing up the water all around me, and that's because I don't want to drown. I don't want it to overtake me when troubles come. So I'm trying to just stay alive. But then I looked at Acts 27 and 44, and it says they all escaped safe to land. Somebody ought to open your mouth right there and just thank God that you made it through the storm. It should have killed you, but you made it. Most of all, it was your own fault. You brought some of the stuff that you go through in your life, you brought it on yourself. But God had mercy on you, and you made it. You shouldn't have made it, and you shouldn't even be here today. You, you shouldn't have even gotten through the storm that you've gone through in your life. But by the grace of God, we're here. Ah, oh my God. I, I tell the devil every now and then, I'm still here. And every now and then I tell him, oh, you should have killed me when you had me. Ah, my God, when I was living in New York and strung out on drugs, devil, you should have got me then. But since you didn't, now I can stand boldly and say, because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Ah, oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Acts 28, 1 through 6, they said they made it through the storm. They landed on an island. The barbarians on that island began to kindle a fire for them. Paul begins to gather sticks for the fire, and out of the sticks, a snake fastens itself to Paul's hand. Now it says, and this is the Bible, when they have these words that make you stop and pause for a minute, it says, how be it, or how be ever, they looked. In other words, they stood back and they watched. They anticipated, they waited for Paul to die because they knew that every time they seen a snake bite somebody else, they swole up and died. Well, I come to remind you this morning that there are some people that are watching you. Mm. 
They're waiting to see if you're going to make it or not. They're waiting anxiously uh, anticipating your downfall. There are folks that rejoice when they see you going through your hardships and your trials. They're watching and they're waiting to celebrate your downfall, to celebrate your breakdown and your defeat. When you should have swollen up and fallen dead suddenly, this means that they had seen this happen before, and every other time that they've seen it, death was the end result. Paul should have swollen up and fallen dead suddenly. And somebody in here this morning, medical science says you should have died. Oh, God. Every legal advisor says you shouldn't have made it. Every natural circumstances says that you shouldn't have made it through the stuff that you went through. It really should have killed you. You should be in a mental institution this morning or strung out on drugs, mad at God and mad at the world. But I came by to tell somebody this morning, you're going to make it. Hey, God. You're here, not even uh, on your own, but you're here because of the grace of God. And now if you even look back over what you've been through, you, when you come out of your storm, you're not going to even look like what you've been through. Hey, when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, let me give you a few examples. God didn't just part the water, but he dried the ground. When they reached over to the other side, they didn't even have mud on their shoes. I'm talking about what God can do. And for a minute, it looked like the enemy was closing in on them. And they were, they were going to overtake them, but they just kept on walking. Kept on walking through the Red Sea. And while they were walking, God was taking care of their enemies. While they were walking, their enemies were drowning. I want to tell somebody that they just keep on walking. Hey, it don't matter what they say about you. It don't matter what they do to you. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. It doesn't even matter what your rebellious child does. It doesn't matter what the financial report says. Take This ain't no place for you to sit down now and start crying and having a pity party. But what you need to do is just keep walking. Keep walking in God. And when you get through, when God gets through blessing you, my God, you won't even look like what you've been through. Ah, do I have any witnesses that have been through some storms? And you're sitting here today looking pretty because it didn't kill you. It should have killed you, but you got through it. The only evidence that you'll have that you went through something is that your faith will be greater. You'll have a greater love and a greater confidence, a greater commitment and a greater testimony. Somebody said, but, but, but you don't understand, Pastor. I, I'm going through hell in this marriage. I'm going through hell on my job with this sickness and this financial struggle. You ought to be shouting right there because you're able to say, I'm going through. Because when you say you're going through, you have just prophesied over your own life. And you, you prophesied that you have the victory because the Bible says, speak those things as though they were. If you want to have the victory, you got to see yourself already victorious. Oh, my God. David said, yea, though I walk, our pastor, through the valley of shadow of death. He said he was going through because when he get to the other side of his trial, let me remind you that you're not the only one who's walked through the fire. You're not the only one this morning who's been in a storm. The Bible tells us about three young Hebrew boys who walked through the fire. And when they came out on the other side, the evidence was that the fire didn't even touch them. But what it did, it liberated them from their bondage. Well, what is bondage, preacher? The things that the enemy put on you got burned off in the fire. They came out on the other side with no hurt. Their clothes wasn't even burned. Their hair was not even singed. There was not even a smell of smoke on them. It should have killed them. Somebody say, but God. 
Somebody said, well, God just took the heat out of the fire. Well, if that's the case, somebody should have told the three men that threw them in because they burned up trying to throw them into the fire. Hey, God. Burnt up while throwing them in. I'm telling you this morning that God doesn't always take the heat out the fire, but he'll help you walk through it. God will let the folk that's trying to destroy you get burned up while they're trying to burn you up. Oh my God. I told the devil every now, you should have killed me when you had me. I shouldn't even be here right now. If the devil had his way, I'd still be strung out on drugs. I could have been in a mental institution or in a hospital or some prison wall. But I'm here today to tell somebody that the God that I serve, he is able. Hey, God, if you keep your faith in God, God is going to bring you out, my God. If you keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. Some of y'all need to lose your mind because see the mind you have right now got you so twisted. But we got to lose our mind and get a renewing of the mind and let God begin to work in our lives. My God, I may be in the middle of my test right now. That only means I'm working on my testimony. Now back to Paul. The Bible says that Paul shook off the beast. Now this wasn't no little wimpy hand wave. Said, come on, Mr. Snake, get off me. Yeah, it wasn't nothing like that. It says the viper had attached itself to Paul. It had become violent and aggressive against him. But Paul shook that thing off and he said, there are some things that we pray about and we ask God to take away. But then there are some things in our lives that we got to become aggressive against. My God, you can't just expect God to do all the work. You got to do some of the work yourself. My God. And, and, and you must shake it loose. You got to shake like your life depends on it. Shake whatever it is that's holding you back. Shake it like, uh, shake the fear loose. You got to learn how to shake depression off of you. Shake addiction off of you. Shake that spirit of hopelessness. Shake off the spirit of suicide. Shake off the spirit of lust and perversion. My God, shake off the spirit of poverty. Shake off the spirit of sickness. You got to shake it off. Ah, God, if you want to get healed today, you got to learn how to start shaking stuff off of you. Shake the dead, powerless religion off of you. You got to shake for your family. Shake for your health. Shake for your mind. Shake for your ministry. Shake for your finances. Shake, shake, shake. Hey, God. If you really want to be delivered, you got to learn how to shake. In Judges 16 and 20, Samson said, I will go out as at other times and I will shake myself. Now this believe, that leads me to believe that there's some physical action on Samson's part that was a signal for the anointing. The anointing will come upon him as he shook before the Lord. And before the Lord left him, Samson would go out and he'd shake. Y'all got that scripture for me? Judges 16 and 20. Samson said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. There's something about the shaking that activates the anointing. The, but shaking is not all that there is to it because there's a whole lot of people that's sitting right next to you right now that go through the motions of being a Christian, but not as many of them have the fire. What you talking about, preacher? Well, in fact, that we've reached a place that we're considered old-fashioned if we talk about and outdated if we talk about the Holy Ghost fire. But I still believe that the only thing that can destroy the devil's power is the fire of God. We still serve a God that answers by fire. How many of y'all read your Bible and it says he won't come back? It won't be water this time, but fire the next time he comes. Paul shook 
the viper off into the fire. You need to ask yourself, are you living close enough to the fire? Is there any fire in your praise? Is there any fire in your church? Is there any fire in your home? See, it got to begin at home. When you bring the fire from your house, you'll already be on fire when you get here. But a lot of y'all watch it Sunday after Sunday. You come and see with your arms folded. Let me see what the praise team going to do today. You better have your own fire. My God. Why are you waiting on somebody to pump you up? You better come in here pumped up. If God has done anything in your life, it's up to you to come in here and give him the praise. It should have killed you. Oh, but by the grace of God, you was able to shake it off. I got close to the fire, and the fire delivered me. It should have killed Paul, and they fully expected Paul to die. But he shook it off into the fire. It was the fire that destroyed the thing that was trying to kill Paul. Somebody in here today, the devil has sent something out trying to destroy you. But it's not going to kill you. Why? Because you've learned how to turn up the heat. You've learned how to go into your prayer closet. You've learned how you ain't got to wait on Pastor Nate to pray for you. You know how to pray for yourself. And every now and then you got to get on your knees all by yourself. And it said, excuse me, but I got to turn up the thermostat. You might want to move out of my way and get to the other side of the room because I'm getting ready to praise him like never before. I'm getting ready to worship him like I'm mad man. I've got nothing to lose. I'm getting ready to have a praising fit. My God, I'm praising him for my life. I'm praising him for my destiny. I'm praising him for my ministry. I'm praising him for my uh, straightaway children. Praising him because I know he'll bring them back home. I'm praising him for my health. Tell yourself, I know it should have killed me, but I'm still here. My God, I, I know I don't deserve it, but I'm still here. I know the devil meant it for evil, but God turned that thing around for good. I know what it feels like to be shipwrecked. I know what it feels like to be bitten by the serpent when somebody's stabbing you in the back. I also know what it feels like to shake it off into the fire. Somebody's listening to this message right now. You know that it should have killed you. You know that if the devil had his way, you'd be dead and gone. You know that if some people had been able to carry out their intentions for you, you wouldn't even be here today. But look at yourself and say, but I'm still here. But I'm still here. I'm still here because God has a plan for your life and a destiny. I'm going to fulfill it if I keep trusting God. God told me to tell somebody this morning that he's preparing a shift in your spirit. My God. Every believer who reads the word is aware that and not shaken by the things that's going on in this crazy world. See, a lot of folk get all crazy because they see all the mess and how folk going in churches shooting up people. You start getting worried. Oh, Lord, should I even go to church anymore? Well, that's what the enemy wants you to do is be worried. But how many of y'all know that we serve a God? That if it ain't your time to go, you ain't going nowhere. My God, I don't care how you try to outlive it. You ain't going till it's your time to go. My God, God said it's time for a change. Is there anybody ready for a change today? Anybody sick of being sick and tired? Anybody fed up with your present position? Somebody's getting ready to get your breakthrough right now. Somebody's getting ready to be free right now. Free in your mind. Free in your emotions. Free in your financial situation. Everything that you've been asking God for. I come to remind you this morning, if you stay steadfast, he's getting ready to turn that thing around. Somebody's marriage is getting ready to turn around. It was headed for the rocks, but now it was headed to the rock. I'm talking about the rock of salvation. The anointing destroys the yoke. My God, Isaiah 
43, 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Now this scripture tells me that God is doing something fresh and something new. But the condition and the requirement for receiving the new is you got to let go of the old. One of the greatest hindrances to our breakthrough is your memory. Because we have a tendency to drag our past into our future. But God is saying the only way that you're going to get your new is you got to let go of the old. Tell yourself, forget about the old. To get to your new, you're going to have to separate yourself from the old friends, from some old situations, from the mentality that you had. In other words, you may have to get you some new friends, find somebody that's saved. You can't continue walking with the same old folk and expect a different result. You have to let some stuff go. Forget, I don't care if it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Let them go. Some of you have destroyed every good thing that comes into your life because you're processing it through your eyes of your past disappointments, through your past hurts and your past wounds. It doesn't matter what he or she said or did to you. It doesn't matter what he or she said about you. It don't even matter if they cheated on you. If they lied on you or if they had turned, stabbed you in your back, what you got to learn how to do is let them go. You have to learn how to forgive. Ah, and I know that's hard for some of us. We don't, we, we, I'll forget it, but I ain't going to forgive him. Yeah. The Bible says you got to forgive if you want to be forgiven. I'll stop here to say this, that it's time to get it right. And if there's something in your life that shouldn't be there, it's time that you let it go. Why? Because it could have killed you, but it didn't. Some of y'all are so caught up in tradition and how it used to be that you can't even enjoy the way God is moving today. Because you still stuck back in grum on them day. But God is bigger than his last move. You got to learn how to let some stuff go. God sent me here to tell somebody this morning to help you push yourself to your victory. You got to learn how to encourage yourself and say that I, I, I want to get through God. And the only way I'm going to get through is if I let go of the old stuff. I came to tell somebody this morning the only way and the only one who can keep you from your blessing is you. The only one who can keep you from your prophecy coming alive is you. Somebody needs to get on your feet right now and just start thanking God for everything that he's already done in your life. If you can't stand, if you can't walk, just stump your feet. Just pat your hands. Whatever you can do to acknowledge God that, our Lord, I thank you for saving me. My God, this is just another way of saying it's time for change. Change is in the atmosphere. Something is pulling me and stirring up in me. You see, I used to be comfortable with just coming to church and letting it go to church as usual. But then one day God sent the Holy Spirit down on the inside. I used to say, Lord, I didn't get nothing out of the service. Then I have to ask myself, what did I put in the service? Ah. But I hear the Spirit of God saying, it's time for change. God is raising up men and women, boys and girls, who are not ashamed of the gospel and who will not bow down to this present spirit in this age and not, will not compromise in their faith for God. Is there anybody in this house today that knows that it's time for a change in your life? Uh, what have you been holding on to from your past? What, what's that thing that you know should have killed you, but because of the grace of God, you're still here? God have you here for a reason. And it ain't just to come in here and sit and judge everybody else either. You know, I know some of y'all are so perfect, you know, you ain't never did no wrong. 
you look down your nose at everybody else that you know had a little hiccup in their life. But I come to tell somebody tomorrow, tomorrow is not promised. So you need to choose today to live for God so you can spend eternity with him. He's already paid the price for your sins and for mine. He was hung up for our hangups, my God. He wants to come into your life and make it brand new. But you got to learn how to let it go. I'm closing with this. Verse 6 again. It says, however, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. A little g. He wasn't God, but a little g. Somebody's been waiting and watching to see if you're going to fail today. Waiting for you to fall down and die. But they didn't realize that you are a child of God. And there ain't nothing the devil in hell can do to you. And even though some of us and some of the hell that we've been through, my God, it should have killed us. But God said, no, not yet, because I got some more for you to do. When I think about my own life of where God has brought me from, there's no way in the world all the, the damage and the stuff that I've done in my past that I should be able to stand in this holy place. But only God could clean up a sinner like me. And that's why I don't mind sharing my testimony, because I let somebody else know that if God can save me, then this sure enough room for you. It could have killed you, but you're still here. And since you're here, what are you going to do with it? The choice is up to you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come right now, God, just saying thank you. Lord, and as we ask these, your, your people to overlook and look back over their own lives,